So let's just open with a prayer. Lord, we have come to worship you. You are the King of glory and the Prince of peace, sovereign Lord and the God of grace. Your love both calls us and sends us. So we pray for your Holy Spirit to guide us so that we may go out and tell the world that there is no other God like you. Amen. And so let's offer our prayers of confession. Lord, we confess that we're not the people you meant us to be. And we're not living the, the kind of lives that you wanted us to lead. We criticize others for the mistakes we so easily excuse in ourselves. We fail to be the forgiving, accepting people that you called us to be. So cleanse, renew and forgive us for Jesus' sake. Amen. And we have the wonderful assurance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and our sins are forgiven. So thanks be to God. Amen. Two very short readings today. The first one comes from the book of John, chapter 13, verse 22. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. And our second reading is from 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you, were, you heard before. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. Thanks be to God for his word this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come again this morning to hear your message and to learn more about the individual characters of the twelve disciples. Father, Lord, please be with those who will be preaching today. Amen. Now, the last time I preached, I spoke about James and John, the sons of thunder or Bonerges. Today, I want to delve a little bit deeper into the quieter brother, John. We know John because he wrote so much of the Bible, so much of the New Testament. We've got the Gospel of John, we've got the three epistles towards the end of the, the Bible, and the book of Revelation. John was nicknamed the Apostle of Love. He wrote more than any other author in the New Testament about the importance of love, the love for Christ, Christ's love for the church and the love for one another. The theme of love flows through his writings, but this was something that didn't actually come easy to him, it didn't come naturally to him. 
and in his early years he was very much the son of thunder like James um, and I find it hard personally to visualize him lying on Jesus's shoulder at the Last Supper looking all doughy-eyed but I suppose after three years with Jesus this son of thunder did become the apostle of love. <clears throat> John's enthusiasm for the truth is clear in the way he wrote. Everything is black and white, it's cut and dried, it sets light against dark, darkness, life against death, the kingdom of God against Satan's realm, and judgment for the righteous against judgment of the wicked, disobedience against obedience, and love against hatred. All of his writings reflect his deep convictions and devotion to the truth. John is nearly always named along with someone else, but there is one time when he does appear to speak alone. We get a rare, a rare glimpse of John speaking for himself, and this is pure John. Let's have a quick look at Mark chapter 9 verse 38 and he says this teacher says John we saw a man driving out demons in your name and we told him to stop because he's not one of us this was John this was John rebuking a man for ministering in Jesus's name just because he didn't belong to the group it shows his intolerance this was the narrowness the ambition the desire to have the status for all for himself and not to share it with anyone else and it certainly showed a lack of genuine love for people he ignored the fact that this man was a believer but he was not in the exclusive company of the Twelve and he had acted in Jesus's name and had done what the disciples on at least one occasion had failed to do. Do you remember the time in Mark's Gospel 9 uh, when the man brought his son who was possessed by demons, his son had an evil spirit and he brought him to the disciples and they could not drive out that evil spirit. And as we know from the previous sermons, there were often arguments about who was the greatest among them. Let's take another look at the time when Peter took James, the time when Jesus took Peter and James and John to the Mount of Transfiguration, and we find that in Mark 9. Uh, chapter, chapter 1 verse 1 and he says to them I tell you the truth some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come to power and they saw Jesus transfigured they saw his clothes become dazzling white whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them and there he appeared before them with Elijah 
and Moses and they were talking to Jesus and then a cloud appeared and it enveloped them and a voice came from the cloud and said this is my son whom I am well pleased whom I love I listened to him and suddenly they looked around and they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus as they were coming down from the mountain Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Can you imagine how hard that must have been? How difficult? They had just seen the most incredible thing, but they weren't allowed to tell anyone about it. How hard was that? After all, we know that these uh, three disciples were constantly arguing about who was the greatest amongst them. And it must have been hard for them. Hard because they couldn't use what they had just witnessed as ammunition for their individual claims of being the greatest. Imagine they'd come down from that mountain and said to the rest of the disciples, Hey, guys, you never guess where we've been. Well, we were up there on that mountain. And guess who showed up? Well, go on, have a guess. Guess who it was? <laughs> okay, do you give up? Well, it was only Elijah and Moses they have been given a glimpse of the kingdom and they have seen things that could never be seen or known to anyone. They'd had a vivid preview of the glory to come. Oh my word, that must have been so hard to keep this experience to themselves. A bit later as they were walking along the road with Jesus they were at it once again arguing about who was the greatest and when they reached the house Jesus asked them what were you talking about? He wasn't looking for information because he already knew what they were talking about but he wanted a confession. John and the other two were speechless. They realised that they were wrong to argue. Jesus just seized this opportunity and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last and to be servant of all. He picked up a small child and said, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me and whoever receives me receives not me but him who sent me. They got it wrong. Everything they believed was back to front. 
If they wanted to be first, they needed to become servants. If they wanted to be truly great, they needed to be more childlike. And instead of arguing and fighting and putting each other down, they needed to take the role of the servant. This lesson of love went to John's heart and he began to change. If I were to ask you to describe love, where do you start? Because being loved is the most powerful motivation in the world. Our ability to love is often shaped by our experience of love. We usually love others because we have been loved. John expressed his relationship to the Son of God by calling himself in John 21 verse 20 the disciple Jesus loved. It may seem amazing that Jesus loved a man who wanted to burn up Samaritans, a man who wanted status, a man who betrayed him. But in loving him, Jesus transformed him into a different man, a man who modelled himself on the same kind of love that Jesus had shown him. Forty-five times in the Gospel and the Epistles he uses the word truth. He also uses the word love 80 times. Another word he uses a lot is witness and he used that word about 70 times. Now, if you don't learn anything else about John, remember that he taught that God is a God of love. John 3, 16 to 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness. Instead of light, because their deeds were evil, everyone who does hate evil hates light and will not come into the light for fear of having deeds exposed. But whoever who lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly for what he has done through God.
we can't know the depth of Jesus's love for us unless we accept that he knows us completely. John and all the disciples tell us that God is willing to accept us exactly as we are. His love is not given in exchange for our efforts, but it's given freely. And being aware of how much God loves us is a great motivator for change. John learnt to be a humble, loving servant. At the crucifixion, standing near the cross, were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, to John, Here is your mother. And from then on, John took her into his home, and he cared for her until she died, just as Jesus had asked. Christ loved his disciples, and his disciples loved him. I started out today with our reading, love one another. Love is expressed through servanthood, through selfless giving and reaching out to others. So let me ask you a question before I close this morning. Can you cast your net? And bring others to Christ? I'm going to close with a short reflection and it says this, this is the meditation of John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. And this meditation by Nick Fawcett says this, it took me a long time to grasp it a lifetime of reflection on what his life, death and resurrection really meant. But finally the truth crystallised in a few simple words. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. It's simple, isn't it? Yet somehow, with the best of intentions, we make it instead so complex to hear some people talk, believers included, you'd think that God feels just the opposite, that he's concerned to judge rather than to bless, condemn rather than to forgive, punish rather than redeem. Believe this, they say, believe that. Commitment becomes a matter of jumping through the right loop hoops and woe betide us if we don't. But that's their message, not his. It's a reflection of how much we struggle to accept his sheer grace, 
his holy undeserved love and pardon. He merely asks us that we believe in him. No more, no less. Do that and we will discover the secret of eternal life. And ridiculous as that may seem, contradicting our every sense of justice and fair play. We will receive that gift, not because we love God, but because he loves us. So let us pray. Lord, you make it sound so easy. That one little word, love, love you, love one another. The problem is, Lord, it's not that easy. Love can be demanding and it asks far more of me than anything else. Love can heal, renew, enrich and inspire in ways that nothing else can. So Lord, reach out, reach out and touch me so that your love may flow in and through me to your glory. Amen. So let us pray. Lord, we pray for those who we know of personally. It might be a neighbour. It might be someone at work. It could be a friend or a family member. Maybe they are sick. Maybe they're suffering with a long-term illness. Maybe they're waiting for a hospital or a clinic appointment. Maybe they're anxious about their future, their jobs, their housing. So we pray for them and for their families. And we remember all of those in medical and caring professions. We pray for your world. And we admit we haven't looked after it as well as we should. We pray for world leaders, for the decisions that they make that they will be for the benefit of everybody. And even though restrictions have been lifted, we pray for those in countries where the pandemic is not under control and there is a lack of vaccination. And I pray for those who haven't yet had the vaccination, that they will get it done. To grant us the humanity to help those in need. Thank you, Lord, for all of those who work in medical and care professions, 
and the frontline agencies, our food banks and our homeless charities. Lord, we ask so much of them. And at times we forget that they too have families to care for. Teach us to be patient, Father, as we get used to a new, a new normal. And we pray for your church united in Christ and ready to serve in your name. Thank you for pastors and preachers, for worship leaders, evangelists, missionaries, and for the fellowship of believers, that we may go in love, cast our net, and make disciples. In your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. And we say together the prayer that Jesus taught us as he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, Pauline, thank you so much for bringing God's word to us this morning. It's a word that reminds us that uh, not only does um, Jesus' love have the power to change things around us, but it also has the power to, to change us, to change our hearts and our minds. And so may we go with the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, resting and abiding with us now and for always. Amen. <laughs>